Hello and welcome to episode three of Pop the Trunk. I'm Adam Britton, Managing Director and Creative Director at Content Specialist Trunk. And today I'll be handing over the reins to our Head of Partnerships, Chris James, as we rewind the clocks and go back to the webinar he hosted with Trunk's Head of Creative Tech, Nate Broadbent. Chris and Nate were joined by Carlsberg's Customer Marketing Manager for the on-trade, Emily Grafton. And the webinar was all about boosting activations for Christmas 2020. This is a cut down version and I must warn you, it was recorded pre-lockdown too. We have to think differently. We're not using that traditional kind of advertising methods for our brands anymore. We haven't got that visibility. That's something, you know, collect a bit of data about them if possible and, and feed that into the activation experience, you know, because that relevancy will, will help the, the campaign resonate more with, with a customer, especially when we're trying to get them to, to sort of perform some kind of, you know, action off the back of it, whether that's make a purchase or, or visit a pub. And Welcome everyone. Thanks for joining us today. I'm, uh, I'm super excited to, to get into this discussion. Nathan, I'll start with you. Um, head of Creative Tech, is a fairly uncommon <laughs> job title. Um, can you tell us a bit more about creative tech and what it means and the role it the role it can play? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so creative tech is uh, essentially, um, it's kind of in the title to be fair, but thinking about technology in a kind of creative way, you know, how can we um, embrace technology and use it in a way that solves uh, real world problems or, or services the needs of a business, uh, for example. So um, where the, the team's very technical, you know, we're developers at heart, but um, we can think a little bit more abstract about how we might use uh, our skill set and to solve, so, as I say, real-world uh, business problems. So, yeah, I'd say that, that's some And Emily, um, can you give a bit of, of context to your role and, and perhaps talk about some of the, the customers you, you work with regularly? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm the Customer Marketing Manager for our national on-trade channel at Carlsberg UK. Uh, so what I generally do is take our brand's marketing plans for the year, um, tailor them, working with our customers into kind of activation plans that drive the right behaviour for their consumers and their customer base as well. Um, so that's across kind of our largest on-trade customers, so the likes of Green King, Stonegate, Marston's, and the list goes on. Brilliant. Thanks both. Emily, how, how far in advance do you usually start planning your Christmas campaigns and, and what does that process typically look like at Carlsberg? So generally we start planning our kind of yearly cycle in June each year for the following year. Um, we try to get kind of our on-trade specific plans lined up by about September ready to present to our customers and kind of line in with our commercial planning for the year. Um, Generally, we'd be fully planned for kind of the full year by the end of the year before. So um, we take our overarching kind of brand plans for the year, shape them into customers, overlay what our customer objectives look like and kind of work together on a joint plan for, for the year coming up. Obviously, everything change, has changed pretty dramatically in COVID. And I feel like plans aren't, you know, we're not we're not really planning weeks ahead, let alone months ahead. And 2021 is going to look really different um, out there in the trade anyway. So it's been a, it's been a challenge. We are very much into our 21 planning. Um, but I'm also, as you say, kind of working with customers on Christmas campaigns, campaigns for November, some campaigns for October. So that's kind of the lay of the land at the moment. But generally, we've been working kind of a full year ahead on any planning um, 
and then working with more specific customer stuff as, as opportunities come up throughout the year. Yeah, yeah, I think um, yeah, reactivity is is certainly something that needs to be uh, needs to be taken into consideration, I guess, on on a weekly basis. But um, just for me, uh, sorry, going back to the um, the way you would typically do things, uh, aside from the, the high level objectives associated with activations, which which tend to be driving footfall and, and, and obviously driving purchase as well. What are the other desired outcomes you look for when planning an activation or if we want to be more specific, I suppose, a Christmas activation? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, driving footfall is always key and key for our customers as well. But the general brand health and awareness within that customer and within that on-trade served environment obviously i work very much with our on-trade customers so having the best serve you know that amazing um the amazing experience with that pint of beer that's how we kind of <laughs> communicate our brand and how fantastic it is with that lovely serve in the, in the right glassware um differentiating that from a can or a bottle at home has become ever more prevalent and really optimizing those opportunities um for us to kind of really drive home that that experience cannot be replicated at home. So the visibility, having those great pints in bar so people can see them. Obviously now people are sat at the table having a really nice pint going past your table on a on a tray or something might prompt to serve as well. So just making sure that that point of serve on top of everything else we're trying to do is perfect as well. Well, anything, uh, anything to add from your side on, on that point, Nathan? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, around marketing efforts, you know, be uh, considerate of that of that journey that you mentioned, Emily. You know, people are tend to be at home more now. So um, thinking about how we can engage them in that context, uh, you know, in an effort to then drive them into, into pub or to make a purchase as well. Um, so, yeah, just, just when you're planning out that activity, thinking about that whole journey, it's not just the thing that they're engaging with, it's thinking about the context as well and kind of where that starts. Well, yeah. Um... I guess the next question, which I suppose is, is on everyone's lips, um, is given that we don't even know if, if pubs will open, um, let's, fingers crossed, um, pubs will be open, sorry, if, fingers crossed, hope that, hope that they are, uh, restaurants too. What's changed this Christmas? Um, I think the types of bookings and occasions um, have, will be significantly different to what we saw. I think we were working on the assumption that possibly by Christmas, larger groups may be able to go out into trade um, and enjoy that time together. So we might be able to capitalize on a few larger bookings and that more typical Christmas occasion of, you know, even small office parties, let alone large office parties. Um, but that looks less likely to happen now. So it's all about opportunities with the smaller groups. Um, the type of revenue is going to be a completely different shape if it's kind of more of a food led occasion, perhaps as opposed to a very, late night night out that we're all used to at a big Christmas party, um, especially if the 10 p.m. curfew is still around. Um, I think people are struggling to know what the future holds, so aren't necessarily booking as early as they normally would. Um, a lot of on-trade customers would have huge Christmas bookings by now, uh, but I imagine that's been hugely impacted by kind of constant changes to guidelines. So how can we help them and encourage early bookings and talking about kind of starting that journey sooner um, and I think we have to just be conscious that regional any regional lockdowns that happen mean that maybe households can't mix so how do we optimize that occasion make it a really great occasion out in the on trade for those consumers that are deciding to go and spend that moment and enjoy that time back in the on trade um, as well 
how do we pre-plan? How do we get people in? How do we make sure they remember how fantastic the on-trade is and everything that we try and achieve in kind of hospitality to make that experience the best, especially at Christmas when we want to be treating ourselves and treating our families as well. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that um, that journey would have to sit well before the pub visit now. Definitely. Well before. If we're talking talking bookings and um, essentially starting experience sooner um, and, and pre-planning that activity. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think just to kind of add to that, you know, engaging with that customer, you know, early on, to, to, even if that's just gathering some data about like who they are um, with a view to then engage them perhaps nearer to the, the festive period with something more relevant and, and, you know, some kind of offer incentives as well, just to, to kind of draw them in. And, uh, you know, timing is, is sort of key, isn't it, with marketing? There's a lot of, lot of people, um, you know, they want to be sort of front of mind and be heard. So, um, but, but yeah, ensuring that you know who your customers are in the run-up to that and then using that effectively um, at the right time as well. Yeah, for sure. I think you mentioned, uh, mentioned incentives there, Nathan. Um, what, what kind of thing do you think that brands or, or operators could do incentive-wise? Oh, well, I think, you know, Emily, you touched on sort of the incentive to, to pre-book. So, you know, if you, if you pre-book and secure your, your spot, maybe there's an incentive around um, some kind of discounts, um, you know, with a lot of the sort of the games and the gamification that we, we build out, there's opportunity to win a free prize of some kind. Now, you know, we know that um, sort of things are changing given the current climate. So, you know, perhaps not everyone's up for, for giving away freebies, but certainly discounts can, can still be quite an effective uh, incentive to draw people in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I guess it's using as, as many different channels as possible as well. Um, if if we, Social will come into a big play. Um, and I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's an extremely tough time for the industry as a whole, um, not knowing what's happening. You know, there are different yeah. headlines every single week. You don't know if, if half of them are, are, are true or not. Um, how, how are Carlsberg... Emily, ensuring that they remain reactive to these ever-changing regulations that are being put in place. Yeah, it's been a it's been an interesting year. I've actually worked the entire way through and seen kind of the sentiment change from March all the way through to now. And there was some real positivity early on, and looking forward to the pubs reopening in July. So it has been a real up and down, and we've had to replan, refocus weekly. Um, we're having much more kind of listening sessions with consumers and all of our kind of on-trade sales teams to find out what the sentiment looks like um, much more regularly than we normally would necessarily even have to, just to find out what, you know, our customers, the, you know, the pubcos, et cetera, need and then what their consumers are looking for as well. Um, We've had to be really reactive and flexible to customers' needs, not sticking with plans like we normally would um, and delivering them through. Actually being brave and making the decision, we kind of pulled a massive campaign that had been in planning for about six months just because the restrictions changed again and it, it wasn't the right time to do it. So being brave enough to make that call and say, actually, we have to think differently. We're not using that traditional kind of advertising methods for our brands anymore we haven't got that visibility or we've got kind of is a it's potentially in lots of venues is uh the staff who can make recommendations and tell you the long list of everything they serve on the bar or a, a table kind of service app which 
doesn't have much information. A lot of them don't have a huge amount of brand presence on them currently. Um, so we, we have to move away from that kind of traditional, what we're used to seeing in pubs and how can we work best and how can we work reactively? And I think digital is massively the way forward because we can start that messaging sooner and kind of drive it all the way through the visit and beyond. Yeah, yeah, bro. Um, let's talk Let's talk about apps. I've got that scribbled down. Um, obviously, there are a lot of apps out there at the moment. Um, a key component being order and pay. It's huge. It's responsible for a large chunk of transactions with, with table service being enforced. Um, firstly, with, with regards to apps, how can how can order and pay be capitalised on, do you think? Yeah, it's, it's a strange one. You know, um, this all kind of happened, didn't it? We went into lockdown, um, you know, and all of a sudden pubs needed to be able to facilitate ordering uh, digitally or, you know, via, via a user's device. And not everyone had that uh, infrastructure in place, um, you know. So I think a lot of... A lot of um, sort of companies were sort of scrambling around to try and implement that and get that in place. And um, some myself as a consumer has had quite a a variety of experiences with those apps. Um, You know, someone who works in my field, perhaps a bit overly critical of of some of them and could be uh, much better executed. But yeah, there's a lot of fragmentation between those experiences. And, you know, what I would say for for companies who are, um, you know, obviously embracing these technologies is to just be, be mindful of what the experience is for the customer. So, you know, that's the app interface itself and you know some of them are quite poor and some are better than others so you know make sure as a business you're reviewing that and you're you're sort of working with the company to ensure that that's a a streamlined process and also you know the back office system is the make sure there's continuity between the experience in the app and and you know quick delivery times and and the operational side of it as well and what's interesting about these apps is you know every app on a user's phone is essentially a piece of real estate and you know as a business you want to kind of maintain that uh, that ownership and that presence there so you know try and use if you know possible use your app to engage with the customer you know more than just um that sort of order and pay mechanic you know can you push out promotions to them can you embed content in there that perhaps engages them with a a brand like carlsberg um you know really utilize that as a tool and have that sort of discussion with the with the operators to ensure that you're, you're maximizing that i would say yeah definitely i think once you open up that that opportunity for a brand to have a placement within an app you know order and pay it it could be quite black and white all you do is order and pay but there is an obvious opportunity as you mentioned to to pull brands in and give them an opportunity to leverage that platform and both parties can capitalize on it um what sort of thing you know obviously you mentioned content i'm assuming part of your answer is going to going to be made up of, of games but what kind of content um and what other what other layers could a, a, a brand add to an order and pay or, or let's widen it a, a loyalty app as a whole um yeah i think you know games are an obvious one you know thinking in the context of a pub things like quizzes you know with questions that are that can be updated that are topical maybe you know um, having a bit of fun with with sort of you know current affairs and things and um yeah just just maintaining that relevancy really um and then you know games are, are really broad they can take various forms it can be something really simple that kind of uh, keeps the user's attention for, for a short space of time it could be something more in-depth that they kind of unlock content um you know each time 
time they engage with the pub or visit the pub, for example. So we can really utilize that and that can be quite a powerful thing to, uh, you know, using gamification to encourage certain behaviors, whether that's a spend or a visit or sampling a certain product, for example. Yeah, bro, bro. And I guess it gives you the, the opportunity to, as you say, consistently engage with this customer before, during and after, as I mentioned earlier, um, and tailor that messaging and make sure it's relevant. And from uh, a brand's point of view, from, from Emily's point of view here, uh, you'd be able to have that information as to who your your customer base are, right? You, you, you've got the opportunity through that order and pay or that loyalty app to discover who's consuming your product and where. Um, I guess, Emily, that kind of information's invaluable in this day and age. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we know that if someone has physically engaged with something, we get a better redemption rate anyway. So, you know, you're going to have, if it's a brand-led kind of activity on on the said, said app, that they're already engaged with your brand before they get in the door. And that's the most important thing for us. Um, kind of in this new world where digital becomes more and more important. Yeah. Um, it leads through to purchase and that's what we're all trying to achieve. So. Of course. Yeah, just to kind of add to that, I think, you know, if you, you, you've got an understanding of who that customer is from a, a digital identity point of view, you know, and you know what they're purchasing, so, and you know when they're visiting, so, you know, utilize that data as a business to, to ensure that messaging is relevant to, to what their, uh, you know, behaviors or, or purchases are as well, because, you know, that will resonate more with them and, you know, prove more effective. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's so critical to obtain that data, obtain the critical data and then use it in a, in a personalized tailored way. As you mentioned earlier, Nathan, the, uh, the fact that the, the people want that uh, personalized journey now, if, it, if it's not directed at me as a consumer, I might switch off straight away. Um, and I think yeah. that is going to come into play. I'm sure you both agree around Christmas. Uh, there is still a, a massive opportunity to make sure that people are seeing what they want from their favorite brands and favorite pubs. Um, so top tips for both brands and operators this Christmas or a top, just maybe one top tip. Emily, I'll let you go first. Um, what do you recommend that people can do to make the most out of this situation? So I think as brands and as operators, we're very used to communicating in pub, um, but now we just need to make sure that we're communicating earlier um, across a number of channels prior to that visit. Um, we don't get such a big opportunity to communicate the brand via taps on the bar or, or kind of a back bar display or those classic points. So be on the consumer's mind earlier in that process, get them engaged with the brand before they're at the pub, have some cues, as they're coming in or be prompted as, as a reminder that your brand is what they fancied when they when they turned up for that um, kind of pub journey and then make sure that they're more likely to order it once they're in there because um, we know the traditional cues have gone out the window. Okay, some good advice there. I think it all, uh, all makes sense. Nathan, are you going to mirror that or have you, you got a separate... Um, I think probably just an, an extension of, of some of the things we've mentioned already, really. So, um, you know, understanding who that customer is, yeah, as early on in the process and, and, you know, collect a bit of data about them if possible and, and feed that into the activation experience, you know, because 
that relevancy will will help the the campaign resonate more with with a customer, especially when we're trying to get them to to sort of perform some kind of you know action off the back of it, whether that's make a purchase or, or visit a pub. Um, so yeah, using any kind of insights that that you can gather around the data, you know, from what their their drink preference might be to you know what their favorite football team might be if it's a sports related campaign, and and yeah. Um, embracing that as as part of the experience uh, as well, and then the other thing would be to you know once that they've completed that journey is to just re-engage them, you know, and use the data again to to serve up something more relevant. And you know, can you give away something less to still encourage them to to complete that action, that purchase, that visit? Um, yeah. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you to everyone who has attended. Emily, thank you for taking your time out. And uh, Thank you for having me. <laughs> absolutely. Our pleasure. Nathan, same with you. Fantastic to, uh, to, to have a pleasure. chat with you guys. And um, yeah, that, that, that's it. Thank you very much. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Bye, Thanks, everyone. Cheers. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot to Chris, Nate and Emily for taking the time out to do that. Join us next week where I'll be catching up with writer, battle rapper, comedian and actor Adam Woolard, where we'll be speaking all about boosting your personal brand. See ya.